by popular request. We do podcast the show. You can go to WTM. That, that's still one of the questions. Are you, are you guys podcasting the show? Yes, we, we do. Every show is podcast. Go to WTMJ.com. Click on the Jeff Wagner show page. You can listen to it there. Um, but in addition, you can sign up. You can be notified whenever we post the new things. Um, it's turned out to be a very, very popular feature. And I was correct. This last conversation uh, about... <laughs> Not the most significant thing, but something that affects people's daily lives. Should stores stop accepting checks? Um, We have that story up on WTMJ.com, including a link to the Wall Street Journal story um, that that actually got me thinking about that. So if you want to check that out, it's there. And also a link to a conversation we had last week about um, trash and cash. Are, Are people like me just dinosaurs to to use cash in the stores. It's it's kind of it's those pop culture things that I admit are are fascinating uh, to me. Um, Jane was talking about this a little while ago. Um, Mexico president cancels meeting with Donald Trump. There was supposed to be a, a meeting next Tuesday between uh, the, the Mexican president and Donald Trump. Uh, the story is uh, that has now been canceled. Uh, the Mexican president canceled the scheduled meeting with Donald Trump. This morning, we have informed the White House that I will not attend the meeting scheduled for next Tuesday. Uh, Trump had actually broached that possibility um, in in a pair of tweets that he sent out earlier today that complained about trade relations, saying the U.S. has a $60 billion trade deficit with Mexico. It's been a one-sided deal from the beginning of NAFTA with massive numbers of jobs and companies lost. If Mexico is unwilling to pay for the badly needed wall, then it would be better to cancel the upcoming meeting. And, of course, the president of Mexico decided to do that. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, this is one of those things where, candidly, I think given especially the populist nature of the Trump candidacy, I'm not sure once people realize that there is this huge trade deficit, whether or not a lot of the people that really supported Donald Trump are going to be too sorry about this because, you know, that that, that the NAFTA has been controversial since, you know, it was first implemented back in the early 1990s. Okay, speaking of speaking of Donald Trump, there are. Sometimes he is his own worst enemy. Uh, The headline, and I I do this so you do not have to, I would say headline stories in every major newspaper uh, across the country, either in print or, or online, has been to mock Donald Trump because of his claims of of voter fraud. Washington Post today. Trump seeks major investigation into unsupported claims of voter fraud. And that's just, um, you know, one example of that. Um, One after another saying, well, here you've got Donald Trump who's talking about major investigations into unsupported claims of voter fraud. Um, Trump's call for probe of voter fraud sparks backlash. That's um, that's Reuters. But it's one after another. And and then, of course, this is the third or fourth day of the story. Yesterday, the headline was Trump meets with congressional Republicans and talks about, you know, unsupported claims of voter fraud. This, of course, goes back to President Trump's concern and obsession with the fact that he did not win the popular vote. He lost the popular vote by a couple million votes. Now, the reality is that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he lost the popular vote. That is not how we select a a president. And early on, 
after the election when people were saying Donald Trump is not a legitimate president because he didn't win the popular vote. Initially, the, the line out of the Trump campaign was, look, we campaign to win according to the rules. We the, And the reason they lost the popular vote was he just got swamped in California. I mean, he lost California by millions of votes. But, but he didn't campaign in California because he realized he wasn't going to win California, so they didn't even campaign there. And, and the line initially coming out of the campaign was, well, look, we, we played by the rules. We concentrated our resources in figuring out how we're going to get the number of electoral votes we need. If, if you know, we had been trying to win the popular vote, well, we would have had a different campaign strategy and we would have won the popular vote. You won't know for sure, but at least that was an argument that kind of made sense. Well, since then, it has morphed from that. And now you have the, the president who is apparently telling everybody who will listen that he thinks he really would have won the popular vote, uh, but for uh, voter fraud, illegal aliens voting, dead people voting, you, know, you name it. And yesterday he comes out and he announces that he wants a, a major investigation, whatever that means, into allegations of widespread voter fraud, um, looking at, again, whether or not there were millions of people who, who voted. Um, I want to open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. As somebody who wants to see the president succeed, and and I do, I admit I cringe when I see this type of, of stuff. I believe that there are problems, you know, in, in the electoral system. And I have no doubt that there is a degree of voter fraud defined broadly that, that's going on there. I, I, I do. I also think it is possible that— in certain elections where the margin of victory or defeat is extremely close, that, that voter fraud can, can swing swing an election. I mean, if, if you've got something that's decided by 50 or 100 or you know 500 votes, okay, I, I understand. I think that that could happen. Do I believe that there was some voter fraud in the last election on a national level? Yeah. Do I think— it was four or five million votes that that all went against Donald Trump. No. And candidly, if if President Trump said, look, I, I'm concerned with voting irregularities and I would like to have the Justice Department do a broad scale study looking at different state laws and trying to figure out, you know, is there something we can is this number one a problem? Is it number two something we need to deal with? Well, I, I think. I would hope that rational people could get behind it. Now, I understand some of the opponents, some of the left, well, how how dare you do that? But I I think you could make that argument. But candidly, when I hear this guy talking about millions of of votes that he would have gotten, that would have swung the popular vote, I just want to say, knock it off. That's not the case. What what planet are you from? 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Mike on the Northwest Side. Mike, you're first. Good morning. Hey, uh, good morning, Jeff. Hey, I think Donald Trump uh, is a brilliant guy, but he's got his uh, priorities screwed up. I I think that, and, you know, let a dead horse die. You know, yeah. it can't be the dead horse. And, uh, yeah, he won. Right, right. He won. Declare victory. Yeah, won. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, and again, I, I think 
would would I be in favor of a broad national investigation to determine, you know, do do we have a national elections? Do we have a fraud problem? I, I'd be curious to see that. But if the justification is going to be, gee, there were five million or three million or four million illegal votes cast all against me, that 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 just, that steps on the message. People look at that and think this is nuts. Yeah, nationwide, that's really a small percentage, really. Well, right, and 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 keep in mind, thanks for the call. Also. To, to believe that, you would have to believe that all the, the fraudulent votes went went one way, and it's like, which means that if the net result were going to be five million, that means you probably had to have a lot more that were cast. I just, again, I, I'm, I, I think that you need to have integrity of the voting system. There's things that, candidly, I would like to see change to help do that. But five million votes, huh? Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Hi. Um, I. I, I voted for the guy, um, but he's starting to turn out to be quite the megalomaniac. He was a little quirky before, but there isn't that many millions of people who voter fraud. I, you know, address the issues that that people voted for you, but um, he, this seems a little irrational. To well, me. and, and see, the presidency. yeah, and we see that's the key thing, Mike. It, it, it hurts the presidency because this plays into the, the mainstream media thing. This was this has been a headline story. Um, and a lead story on a lot of newscasts and certainly in the print media for the last couple days that this whole megalomaniacal thing, you know, not necessarily talking about the, the positive stuff. There's a lot of positive initiatives, but it's this guy is crazy. He doesn't realize that he, you know, he won by millions, but he's, he's just obsessed with this stuff. And it steps on the message for all the other stuff and does hurt the initiatives and hurts the policy it, stuff. It does. And, and if I'm him, I, he's got to look at, OK, he wants to be elected in four more years. I mean, I voted for the guy, but I had no other choice. I wasn't going to vote for Hillary. Right. But, you know, if the Democrats finally get their act together and put together a mainstream candidate, not a left-wing nut job like Pat. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, and this is, I mean, see, that's, that that's the that's the problem. It's like okay, why do people care about this? You know, it's just because this plays into everything that the media is trying to do in order to undermine Donald Trump, and he's giving them the ammunition for this by obsessing on this stuff that does. It, it just plays into all the different stereotypes. It's like okay, get get over it. You you are the president. You won by the rules. And like I say, I mean, I, I think, you know, who knows? If you want to make the argument, the argument is, hey, if we tried to win the popular vote, we would have. You, you can make that argument rationally, but you, I don't think you can make the argument that I really won the popular vote, but for millions of illegal votes. Um, is it uh, Kieran? Kieran in Milwaukee. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Real well, thank you. What do you think? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. You're very welcome. Secondly, I uh, completely agree with a couple of few callers that called before. I think it is going to affect his policy decisions in terms of his influence. I mean, I voted for the guy myself as well, and I already knew going into it he was sort of egocentric. I mean, sort of using that very loosely. (laughs) Uh, Sort of egocentric, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But I do believe his policies are are huge in terms of changing America for the better. And when he continues to barrel down and focus on the, the popular vote itself is just naive. I mean, our founding fathers... This is Civics 101. They they founded the Electoral College for a reason. It's yeah. so that these millions of residents in California right. aren't making up decisions for those in Montana or those elsewhere where the population is a little bit less because they have no clue what well, the plus, heck is going on. Right. Well, plus it makes it, it makes it makes him seem kind of delusional because even to people like you and me who want to see him succeed, when I hear somebody talking about 
vote, the election being stolen, an election that you won being stolen in the popular vote by millions of votes. Just get over it. <laughs> you know, get over it. Move yeah, on. No, exactly. Exactly. Right. You you got the electoral vote by 300 plus and Hillary couldn't even make it to the 270 yeah. threshold. So there's nothing to worry about. What I think you need to do is focus mostly on the voter, you know, focus on the voter fraud, but don't make it about yourself. Well, right. Yeah, you know, see, I think there's a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right, exactly. If you would, first of all, I wouldn't make this a major initiative. Secondly, I wouldn't go to meetings with congressional Republicans where you know it's going to leak out, where you, you know, bemoan this type of thing. I mean, it, it just, you're right. Don't make it about you. And I also wouldn't make it one of the lead things because it steps on all this other important and very positive stuff that I think is being done. You just kind of come out, and at some point in time, if you want to, again, do we need national ID cards? I'm I'm not arguing for that, but, I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff that you could look at in the scope of how are our elections working without making the bottom line thing being, I believe the popular vote was stolen from me. 1121, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1123, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We do this 1135 every Thursday morning, Pop Culture Corner. And um, I'll give you a hint, with the passing of Mary Tyler Moore at the age of 80 yesterday, Pop Culture Corner will be, well, kind of related to that. The Bucks head to Toronto tomorrow to take on Kyle Lowry and the Atlantic Division leading Raptors. Voice of the Bucks, Ted Davis, has the call. Our coverage starts with Buckshots. That's 610 Thursday. All right. Now, I, having just spent the last segment kind of rolling my eyes at some of the things that President Trump, you just, you got to get over it. You cannot be too thin-skinned and obsessing over the fact that you think you would have won the popular vote were it not for, you know, all this this mythical voter fraud. And I do believe there is a degree of voter fraud, but you, you got to kind of get over that and move on because, again, the mainstream media is going to use that to try to undermine your other policies. At the same time, um, just because you are paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. And this is... This is an amazing story. When I worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office, I had the greatest respect. I used to, I worked hand-in-hand hand with a number of Secret Service agents because the Secret Service does a lot of stuff. They, they don't just protect the president and protect other dignitaries. They also – Secret Service investigates um, all sorts of crimes with regard to, like, uh, currency and things like that. I, I worked with Secret Service agents for a number of, of situations. Um there is a Secret Service agent who's getting a ton of attention. Her name is Carrie O'Grady. And for reasons for reasons that pass understanding, you know, she was opposed to Donald Trump. I get that. But she decided to take to her Facebook page um, over time, suggesting that um, she would not take a bullet for, for Trump if he was the president. Her, her post read, as a public service for near, servant for nearly 23 years, I struggle not to violate the Hatch Act. That's the act that says that if you're you know, a political, uh, if you're a federal employee, you're not allowed to engage in partisan politics. So I keep quiet and skirt the median. To do otherwise can be a criminal offense for those in my position. Despite the fact that I'm expected to take a bullet for both sides, despite the fact that I'm expected to take a bullet for both sides, but this world has changed and I have changed. And I would take jail time over a bullet or an endorsement for what I believe to be a disaster to this country and the strong and amazing women and minorities who reside here. Hatch Act be damned. I am with her. Okay, her being Hillary Clinton. Do I think this woman should be prosecuted for violating the Hatch Act? No. Do I think that this woman should be out of the Secret Service? Absolutely. 
And so far, that ha- hasn't happened. The Secret Service says, well, we're treating this as a personnel matter. Well, okay, that, that's, that's well and good. But when she goes public with, you know, what she's saying about the commander-in-chief and what she would or wouldn't do, I think at some point in time there have to be consequences for this stuff. And in this case, that consequence is, fine, we appreciate your service for the last 23 years. Enjoy whatever the next phase of your life is going to be. 1127, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1134, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So delighted to have you with us. This is Pop Culture Corner. We do this segment every Thursday at 1135. It's where we put away some of the heavy lifting and just kind of have a little bit of fun to go gently into your good Thursday leading into the weekend. Um, Some days, some weeks we talk about movies, sometimes books, sometimes food, sometimes sports. Um, Typically, the, the topic is generated by, you know, something that's going on that week that kind of, sometimes music. Matter of fact, I was actually, had a pop culture corner worked up for music. But then, then yesterday afternoon, I see the news that Mary Tyler Moore passed away at the age of 80. I think you can make a strong argument that the Mary Tyler Moore show was one of these sort of transformative shows. I was, I was talking about this with Gene Miller earlier on. Saturday night television is typically viewed, that's kind of the wasteland, because low viewership. The idea is, like Friday and Saturday nights, people go out to dinner, people go out to dates and things like that, and so the the viewership is less. So when you see a show that's been shifted to Saturday night, typically it's an indication that they don't think the show is going to necessarily do that well. That was not the way it was when I was growing up. Um, Saturday night you can make an argument on CBS in particular was was must see TV. You know, uh, depending on on what year, CBS had a lineup on Saturday nights where All in the Family, which was a transformative show, then it was Mash, then it was Mary Tyler Moore, then it was Bob Newhart, and then the Carol Burnett show, and then later on, uh, Mash moved to another night, and the Jeffersons was in there. But I mean, Saturday nights with the Bob Newhart show and All in the Family and Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, people and Carol Burnett, people you know based. Even college kids base their Saturday nights around, hey, we're going to stay in. We're going to wait till these shows are over. And this was, of course, before the years of VCRs and things like that. Uh, people would – you'd watch actually watch TV when it was on live, and then you'd go out after that. And that was the effect that Mary Tyler Moore had. Mary Tyler Moore, of course, best known for two roles, um, one in the Dick Van Dyke show – and secondly, in, in her own show, The Mary Tyler Moore Show. But then, I mean, she's done a number of things. She was nominated for an Oscar for her role in Ordinary People. But, but the two characters that Mary Tyler Moore created on television, one being Laura Petrie, Laura Petri, um, Dick Van Dyke's wife, and Gene Miller earlier this morning was saying, I still remember those Capri pants, okay? Um, and then, then later on in the Mary Tyler Moore show, uh, the character of Mary Richards, the, you know, the news producer, I mean, those are, I think you can make a strong argument, two of the most lasting and enduring female characters in television history. Now, a few weeks ago, for Pop Culture Corner, after the untimely passing of Carrie Fisher, we devoted a segment to outstanding female characters in movies, the most memorable female character in a movie. And I think kind of in recognition and to honor the the passing of a great actress, Mary Tyler Moore, I want to do a variation of that, except this time with television. Our numbers, 414-799-1620 and 800-877-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. What is the most 
memorable, who is? The most memorable female character on television. Could be a sitcom, could be a drama, I guess it could be a variety show or something like that. But when you think of all the television that you've watched over the course of your life, what do you think is the most memorable female character? Again, maybe it's comedic, maybe it's drama, maybe it's something else, but the most memorable female television character. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Um, as we always do in these segments, I advise people to try to call early because our phone lines tend to jam up. Um, also, go with your first instinct. You don't tend to have to overthink this. And as we always do for this segment, we will be live streaming this on our Facebook Live so you can... Watch us as we do radio, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. The most memorable television character, the most memorable female television character, you know, maybe it is the Mary Tyler Moore character, maybe it's somebody else. 414-799-1620, we discuss next. It's 1138, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1142, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We're up on Facebook Live, live streaming this week's Pop Culture Corner in honor of the passing of Mary Tyler Moore, the greatest, most memorable female TV character. Uh, We did this for movies to kind of recognize the passing of Carrie Fisher a few weeks ago, and Mary Tyler Moore certainly deserves this segment as well. 414-799-1620. You can also participate via email and, of course, live streaming on Facebook Live, so you can watch us as we do radio. Let's start with Kathy in Plymouth. Kathy, good morning. Good morning. Most memorable female television character? Hotlips Houlihan from MASH. You know... I, you know, I think, you know, I, I watched the MASH movie, and of course, what was Sally Kellerman played that role in movies. I thought Loretta Swit did such a better job than Sally Kellerman did. I thought she was such a better Hot Lips Houlihan, and, and she just embodied that role. She did. There was just something, even the name, um, her appearance. Right. Just... Um, Accentuated the name. She'll, yeah. she'll always be hot with Sulahan. <laughs> that, that, that's right. And, and she, I mean, thanks to Colin. One of the things is that show evolved and developed. You, you got to see what was really kind of a one dimensional character in the movie and, and maybe in the first year or two. And you got to see her really run with that character and do an absolutely great job of it. As long as we're talking about TV nurses, um, Dana Delaney, the McMurphy character out of China Beach. I, I would always put that up there. I just I love that TV show. Of course, it was set in you know the Vietnam era, and I think Dana Delaney did an incredible job. China Beach wasn't as as popular and as heavily watched a show, say, as a lot of the ones were. But um, I, I think Dana Delaney was great in that. I'm certainly Loretta Swit in MASH. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. Sandy in Rhinelander. Sandy, you're in 620 WTMJ. Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I, I just want to preface that uh, Mary Tyler Moore will always be on the pedestal of actresses. Right. But um, when you asked the question, the first one that came to my mind was Edith Bunker. She was phenomenal in her acting abilities and really making you believe that she was truly the dingbat. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, you know, Gene Stapleton, who played that role. Yeah, and it, that's, enough, that's one of these ones where that, that show... 
that that character in that show kind of evolved as time went on as well. And then when you first, the first year or two that show was on, you kind of thought this was this sort of one-dimensional character. And the longer it went on, you got to see that that there was more to Edith Bunker than just this subservient woman. I, it was it was a great role for her, and Gene Stapleton did a great job. Yes, it was. And I remember when All in the Family first aired, and it was on at ten thirty at night, and I was not even allowed to watch it <laughs> as a youngster. But in later years, I came to realize the show was based on um, Archie Bunker mocking bigotry. Right, right, in, right, in, 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 exactly. I mean, that was what, thanks to God, I mean, that's what Norman Lear was really all about. And I, I think people right now, I, I think people, if you go back and you, you see the All in the Family reruns or whatever, you, you can't understand how transformative that was. Um, now, you know, based on 2017 standards, 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. My producer, Hondo, wants to vote for uh, Shelley Long, Diane Chambers on, on Cheers. Um, yeah, I understand that. I, I guess a little Cheers goes a long way with me, but I get it. Let's talk to, let's see, Brad in West Bend. Brad, you're on 620 WTMJ, the greatest female character ever. Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls. Uh, who, okay. I, I I did not watch the Golden Girls. Which was that Estelle Getty's character, the older one, or was that okay? That that's who that was. Okay, the Estelle Getty character. Right. Yeah. I just I don't have a thanks. I don't have a I don't have a framework because I didn't watch the Golden Girls and B. Arthur, who was of course in the Golden Girls, um, talking about All in the Family. She was Maud, and, and Maud was another one of these kind of transformative TV shows. Not quite to the extent of um, All in the Family, but I mean Maud. Maud was a show through B. Arthur that, that took on lots and lots of issues. I mean, it was a sitcom, but they, they talked about things. They dealt with things like alcoholism. They dealt with it was one of the first major shows to deal with abortion. Um, again, from a very liberal prism, but still a lot of that. 414-799-1620 is the number. Let's see. Let's go to Facebook Live. We've got um, uh, Julie London on emergency. That goes back. Byron says June Cleaver. Yeah, the Barbara Billingsley role. 414-799-1620 is the number. Ralph in Milwaukee. Ralph, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. I love Lucy. Lucy Ball. Boy, you want to talk about, um, yeah, I mean, that, that you know, that I watched a couple old reruns of the I Love Lucy show the other day. Those yeah. still stand up. It doesn't matter if you've seen that show 10 times or 100 times. They're, it's, it's still funny. Yes, it was. Yeah, and and I I mean thanks for and I love Lucy was, um you know of course the the Ricky character Desi Arnaz, it was an incredible businessman. If you if you look behind the story of that these these people, you know they had a lot of vision. You know recognizing you know what you can do with these things and here let's let's start putting these shows on film. A lot of shows back in that time, they, they just, they didn't record them. They were just shot live and broadcast and then they're gone. Well, okay, um, you know, Desi Arnaz in particular said, hey, let's let's do these. We're going to set this up. This is the fashion. We're going to keep these on film and then the reruns are going to be around for years and years. 414-799-1620, uh, Linda in Oak Creek. Linda, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. I love listening to your show, but you. uh, you're talking about Saturday nights. For me, it was Sunday nights, and when first it was Sunny and Cher, and then when Cher had her own show, oh. life came to a halt when Cher <laughs> was on TV. What an and to this day, what an incredibly talented performer! It just the best thing that happened to Sonny Bono was he hooked up with her because you know he might have been the business brains, but she was the talent. She is the talent. <laughs> 
Yeah, the two of them were just iconic in my brain. And to this day, I've got over 50 Cher and Sonny and Cher albums on vinyl. I just love the woman. She really made uh, being a female and a performer just, uh, you just, Right. We're in awe of her. Well, and and just just so incredibly talented. I mean, th- thanks for calling. Just just so incredibly talented. And like I say, he was he was the business brains that discovered her. Um, she quickly outgrew him. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. Let's see. Jill writes. Uh, Gemma Teller on Sons of Anarchy. That's um, Katie. 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 Katie Segal. Right. Who was also. Peg Bundy on on Married with Children, which is a in a completely different concept, but that's a that is a great character as well. Lots of votes for Gene Stapleton. Fred says Gene Stapleton this is on Facebook Live, followed by Catherine Bach. You know who Catherine Bach was? That's Dukes of Hazard. You know that who made the who who single handedly created the fashion trend of the Daisy Dukes. Um, I'm like I'm going to argue about that. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Brian in Heartland. Brian, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Jeff? I am well, thank you. Greatest female character of all time. <laughs> that's a funny one, Roseanne Barr. Oh, I I think that's I I think in the context you you cannot it, it's possible to not like Roseanne Barr for a lot of reasons, but that character she created on that TV show that that was iconic. There's no question about it. Yeah, she dominated TV for about a decade. Yeah, right. And and I actually, again, a little bit of Roseanne Barr goes a long way with me. But I thought that was, I, especially in the early years, it, it kind of got weird, I thought, towards the end. But I, I thought with John Goodman, I thought that I thought Roseanne was a great TV show and, and just really did a great job of capturing, uh, you know, the, the two people who are kind of struggling to, to make do. It, it wasn't this thing where everybody's living in these great apartments in Manhattan. It was, okay, kind of earthy, and it was set in, what, Ohio somewhere or something like that, right? Yep, working-class family. I, I thought it was great. No, th- thanks for the call. Um, Deborah says, Candace Bergen's Murphy's Law. Um, yeah, yep, yep. Um, Mark writes, Peg Bundy, and then Marge Simpson. Now, that's actually... You know, for however long The Simpsons have been on, 20-whatever seasons, uh, that Marge Simpsons character is there as well. 414-799-1620. John in New Berlin. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? I, I am well, thank you. Greatest female character of all time? It would be Alice Cramden or Audrey Meadows on The Honeymooners. Right, the the original Honeymooners. Uh, she yeah. was a perfect yeah. she was a perfect complement to Jackie Gleason. You know, his his Ralph Cramden thing. He he was the big blowhard, but she was the one that kept him grounded. And no matter how much he yelled, you always understood that that she was going to win that argument. Yeah, and and that they did it live. You know, those were live. Right. A lot of those were live. They weren't taped. <laughs> right. Right. No. That. that no. Exactly. And she was. In, she was incredibly talented. You know. And okay. If I, like, I'm going to give relationship advice. But if I were, it would be the kind of thing that their relationship, like on the honeymooners, you knew that. You know, um, he was in charge of the important stuff, like like world peace, and she was really in charge of everything else. Um, Lisa writes, Bonnie Franklin from One Day at a Time. Yeah, I, they're actually coming out with a remake of that. Um, but Bonnie Franklin would passed away last year or two years ago. But uh, that was a very, very good show as well. Let's talk to, um, let's see, Russ in Lake Geneva, Russia on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Uh, I'm good. What do you think? I didn't watch too many shows with my mother, but uh, one of them was Carol Burnett. Oh yeah, the sixties and seventies. Uh, good, good humor. It was just a very funny show. 
Um, what, well, also, I mean, what an incredible performer. I mean, just what an incredible performer. You know, that th- was she. I mean, just, um, no, I mean, Carol Burnett, in- incredibly talented and, um, you know, just just a, just a lot of fun. Uh, Barb writes on, uh, sends me an email, Uhuru of Star Trek, strong woman, held her own with men on the bridge. Right, and that was, um, that was back at a time where you, you didn't have a lot of strong female roles on, on TV, but she certainly, she certainly reflected that. Let's talk to, um, let's see, we've got uh, Cheryl in New Berlin. Cheryl, you're in 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Jeff. Mine doesn't go back quite that far, and I agree with all of your previous callers, but I loved Deborah Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch a lot of that show, but she was incredibly talented. There's no question about it. Yes, she was. And now she's on the middle, and I still love watching her. So just a great actress. Um, absolutely. Um, just You can check this out. You can check out our Facebook Live page because I, we broadcast this, but the conversation continues. Um, some Some really... Some really good. Um, Linda Gray, the Sue Ellen character on Dallas, memorable role. Um, Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld, the Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus thing. Lucille Ball, Claire Huxtable, all sorts of all sorts of great ones. Uh, you can watch the video of this, and you can continue to participate in the conversation because the saga continues. Um, thank you for all the calls. Barbara Strandwick um, from the Big Valley. Gracie Allen. Imogene Coca from the Show of Shows with Sid Caesar. That's going back a ways. Um, all that stuff. Alice from the Brady Bunch. That's 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 one as well. Then, of course, you've got Florence Henderson. You've got, uh, and then, of course, always Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Lots of great ones. Wanted to do this in honor of the passing of Mary Tyler Moore. It is 11.54. Eric Bilstadt's in in a couple minutes. We'll find out what he's got on his mind on WTMJ Today. Seven, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, Gilda Radner on Saturday Night Live. Eric Bilstadt there, you know, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. All right, I am out of time. I don't have to go home, but I can't stay here because WTMJ today is coming up. What do you got on the big show? Hello. I, first of all, no Phyllis Diller. I, I thought mm-hmm. that'd be one of the top ones. I didn't even know she was still alive, actually, Eric. Is she still alive? Oh, does you have to be alive? No. <laughs> no, no. Okay, that's the mayor of Oak Creek there, you know. So if you, if you want to send emails, just go for send that. Them, send them my way. Send them his way, yes. I didn't know she was still alive. Well, the big story, of course, Steve Scafidi in studio today is what's happening at Summerfest. Big announcement today. Crazy. Anybody that's uh, you know over whatever age loves Summerfest, loves mm-hmm. the festival, and now, now they're going to be, it's going to be essentially called something else and Big big news for the, the entertainment venue there. Now, will you really call it something else, though? Will we really say the big gig presented by American Family I'll insurance? never call it that. <laughs> no. It's kind of like if you grew up around here, okay, the, the Marcus Center for the Performing Arts is the PAC. That, that's, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you okay, grew up, yep, I mean, yep. it's the PAC. It's always going to be the PAC. Matter of fact, I was with somebody the other day, and I said, oh, there's the PAC. And they said, what do you mean PAC? I said, <laughs> it's the Performing Arts Center. And with all due respect, you know, Yep. God bless them, but it's not going to be the Marcus. It's the PAC. It's what you grew up with. Right. It's the the amphitheater, by the way, at Summerfest. That is the big story out of all of this, this big partnership with AmFam, but building a new amphitheater someday. It's going to happen, and they're now starting to unveil some of those plans. Uh, Don Smiley's doing a heck of a job, in my opinion, with the help of the business community. I am out of time. WTMJ Today is coming right up. I'm back 8.30 tomorrow when we do this all again. Have a great Thursday. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.